0: Hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we try a new brew and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And hey, it's day 290. We've got 10 days until we hit 300. It feels way too fast, but also pretty exciting because we have been on this journey for a wee while. Hey, if you are just joining us, reminder: go back to the beginning, start from day one, it'll be worth it. But before we get into the brews, I'm very excited about by the way, let's make sure we're reading the same scriptures. What are our scriptures today? You can find them in the descriptions, or whatever platform you're listening to. But today we're reading from Psalm 119, verses 49 to 56, 1 Timothy chapter 2, and Jeremiah chapters 35, 36, and 37 that's nice and easy we will get through those and enjoy them for sure but I'm really hoping that I'm gonna be enjoying this tea it's brand new I opened the box today not any of our guests or visitors have ever tried this tea from my tea cupboard it is Belle caramel and ginger I have never heard of a caramel tea before I'm very very excited caramel and ginger it does smell very very good Uh, I'm hoping that it's not a bit of a letdown. Caramel and ginger tea. You can have it with milk, but today I've chosen to go for a good old black tea. Really hoping that it tastes as good as it smells and sounds. Cheers to the caramel and ginger tea. Let's see how we go. Oh, it smells so good. Mm. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It doesn't really taste like anything until the aftertaste, and in the aftertaste t- tastes exactly like the smell. The caramel and gingery. I reckon this would be a really comforting tea in the depths of winter. If winter in New Zealand uh, was over Christmas time, this would be a perfect Christmas drink, but also just not very exciting at first drink. I'm wondering if I haven't steeped it for long enough. I'm going to try one more time. Mm. Yeah, I hold to my first summation. Got a really nice aftertaste, but the, full, you know, the, the normal taste, is it just tastes like hot water, which I'm okay with. But I think I was probably just hoping for a little bit more strength. Probably because the last few teas have been very strong. So I'd give that another go, though. I might have to try it with milk at some stage. But enough of the brews, let's get into the Bible. In fact, I've got quite a lot of notes today, so we should definitely get into it straight away. I'm going to go straight there with the question, how is your prayer life? Because it's a rather significant part of our Christian life. If you need any convincing, just take note of how often the Bible talks about Jesus, the Son of God himself. He took time aside from his busy schedule of saving the world to pray. It's pretty important. So we're going to talk about it today because our scriptures certainly do. In Psalms today, we see the psalmist effectively praying to God through the whole psalm. We're reminded that prayer is a two way conversation. Not only do we pray, but God speaks to us. We lean into what He's saying, whether it's into our spirit or through His word. We're reminded too that prayer isn't just a daytime thing. In the night, Lord, I remember your name, verse 55 says. The Bible talks a lot about prayer in both day and nighttime. And in 1 Timothy today, Paul's words to Timothy begin with a strong focus on prayer. Verse 1 says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. That's four types of prayer petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. And Paul is saying that we must pray for all people. He goes on to highlight the importance of praying for those in authority, namely kings and rulers. Now at the time of this recording, New Zealand has just gone through an election, a rather controversial one at that. I'm not sure if I've been a voter for for a more high stakes election before, but I want to encourage you with Paul's words here. Whether you agree with the government that's in place or not, whether you like your Prime Minister or President, or whether you think they're awful, God expects us to pray for them. Pray that God will bless them, that God will give them wisdom, that they will bring favor to your land through their leadership. If you're not going to pray, who will? After this discussion of prayer, Paul takes a turn and begins to coach Timothy in the matter of church gatherings. And we read one of the most argued about scriptures in modern times. And I'm going to read it to you today. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. We have to understand this passage though, and all Bible passages, in its full context. What's the historical context? What's the cultural context? What's the literary context? We understand that Paul is writing in a time and to a people where the worship of a certain goddess had begun to endorse a type of approach where women were dominating over men, using promiscuity and sexuality to gain an unbalanced amount of power. About this specific passage I just read, Nikki Gumbel writes, Paul's basic point is to insist that women too must be allowed to learn and study as Christians. In order to do that, they need to exercise humility and not dominate proceedings. The word Paul uses here for authority, authentian, is used elsewhere for brutal or domineering forms of leadership. So when it says women shouldn't take authority, he's basically saying women shouldn't dominate or be brutal in the way that they approach their time in the house of God. So this probably refers to particular issues in this congregation, rather than being a more general comment on the leadership of women. So, from that quote, we understand a little bit of the historical and cultural context and certain literary background. But it's also important to look at the scripture in the context of the whole Bible. Despite the culture of the days written about in the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God consistently tells stories of world-changing women, prophetesses, leaders of armies and in the house of God. It was a scandalous approach at the time when Jesus esteemed women throughout His ministry. It was scandalous. Now it's small minded and foolish to read those short verses that I read earlier and take them way out of context. Don't be that fool. Some people today would disagree with me but I wholeheartedly believe that men and women are different and bring different strengths to society, to families and to the church. We need both men and women playing to their strengths to see a beautiful unity and harmony in our world, in the church, in society, and in family. I'm so passionate about this. And if you want to chat about it, if you're ever not sure, you want to just ask some questions, feel free to DM me. I don't say this very often. I don't even know if any of you have know that I have social media, but DM me about this one because I'm really happy to answer questions, to explore this, to, to wrestle this through with anybody who's got questions about this. Now, I really went off on a tangent there, but I thought what an opportunity to debunk some of these myths that have been flying around for a long time about those scriptures. So I hope it was helpful. Now it is time to get back to prayer though. So in Jeremiah today, we are encouraged to listen to God and to pray for others. Jeremiah had an incredibly tough time as a prophet. He was effectively given a task by God and told that he wouldn't be listened to. Not in his lifetime anyway. I mean, we're certainly taking notice of it now. But Jeremiah heard the word of the Lord, and in our passages today, time and time again we see people actively disregarding his message. The reality was, though, that they weren't rejecting Jeremiah, but God himself. Jeremiah just had to wear it, and he wore that rejection all the way to prison. Yet he still cried out to God for his people, and the people knew it. We see today as we read the small moments where people ask him to intercede for them because they knew that Jeremiah was a praying man man I'm so encouraged by Jeremiah's story because I'm sure there's been a time if you're open about your faith that you've been rejected because of it I'm encouraged though by Jeremiah as he continued to believe continued to pray and continued to love these people who rejected him and prayed for them every chance he got that is to his credit for sure Okay, it's time for verse of the day, 1 Timothy 2, verses three to four. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Paul makes it very clear in these two verses, the heart and motivation of God, that all people be saved. He hasn't destined anyone to go to hell. In fact, hell was never designed for people. It was for the devil and his angels only. If you've ever doubted God's heart towards you or those in this world, it's here in black and white. He wants all to be saved. What a motivation to get out there and share the good news. Okay, that's it today for the Daily Brew. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you are encouraged to get into that prayer life in a greater way today. If it's the start of your day, have a wonderful day. And if it's the end of your day, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for day 291 of the Daily break.